When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to another episode of Her Hoop Stats Unplugged. As always, you're here with Megan Gower. And I know we've taken a couple of weeks off here, but it is almost March and we are back. March, actually, officially a week from today, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Wednesday when it comes out. So the postseason is very near. We've got conference tournaments right upon us, NCAA tournament not far away. That also means that it is very much bracketology season. We've got tomorrow, if you're listening to this Wednesday, but Thursday this week, a second reveal from the committee of the top 16 seeds. We had the last one on February 9th, kind of through games on February 8th. So plenty has changed from that. If you follow me on Twitter, you have seen the the bracket whiteboard, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What's trending since last seed reveal? Where do we think things will fall coming into Thursday? A few major results uh, Tuesday tonight, as I'm recording this, that will play into that, particularly UConn losing at home to St. John's. They lose their second Big East game to a non, an unranked opponent this season. They were the fourth number one seed in the last reveal after that loss to Marquette, but drop another one that's going to hurt them there. Iowa, another team in the mix for that one line. Big loss to Maryland, and on the flip side, a big win for Maryland at home over Iowa. They, The Terps beat the Hawkeyes 96-68, to 68, so a, a blowout win there for Maryland. A couple of big results on Monday night, too. 
uh, going into that, you had a, a close game with Stanford and UCLA. UCLA keeps it close with Stanford. That might help them sneak into that that four line. We'll get to that later. And then Ohio State and Michigan, not factoring to those top lines, but two teams that were in the reveal last time on the three and the four line. Ohio State writes things a little bit and, and picks up the win over Michigan on the road. So a a good steering of the ship in the right direction for Ohio State, but they still don't have J.C. Sheldon, which is going to factor into things for them as well. But that's just the last couple days. Plenty has happened since then. So I'm going to walk through, you know, top to bottom. If you see me looking off to the left, if you're watching me on video, it's because that's where the whiteboard's sitting. But South Carolina, I mean, this one's easy. They're staying at that number one seed spot for now. Win over LSU is a big win for them since the last reveal, but they're still undefeated, only undefeated team in the country. I think pretty clearly with their depth, even though they, you know, struggled a little bit last week with the old or this past week with Ole Miss and had to go into overtime to beat Ole Miss. Still the best team, look like the best team in the country. Their depth, especially really, really strong. I think we could get to a point where we talk about does Indiana maybe have a better resume than South Carolina just because the number of quality wins that they get in the Big Ten, but still a South Carolina team that has a win over Stanford, a win over UConn, a win over LSU. I I would be shocked unless South Carolina loses a game down the stretch here if they fall out of that number one seed position. Indiana very firmly on the the first seed line as well, though. Wins over Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan since that reveal. So just affirming that place as the number two overall seed. I think pretty much at this point with the way results have gone everywhere else, Indiana's barring like losing every game for the rest of the regular season and their first game in the Big Ten tournament are probably going to end up somewhere on the one line. They've just have that one loss still. Michigan State have pretty much firmed up that spot with the chaos across the country. Stanford, same spot as they were. They're going to win over Arizona to, to help right the ship after that. Washington lost from a couple of weeks ago that was factored into that pass reveal. So staying at number three, nothing too interesting happening with the Cardinal there either. When we get to that fourth number one, that's where things get interesting. If you asked me on Monday, it would still be UConn hanging out there. I think Iowa would have been your first two. And then uh, some combination of LSU, Maryland in that, that second two spot. Things are much murkier now after today. We, UConn, we said already, lost to St. John's. Iowa got blown out by Maryland. LSU was that first two in the last reveal. They Since then, though, they played that South Carolina game. And it's not so much that they lost to South Carolina. It's how they lost to South Carolina. 24-point loss, I think, really hurts the Tigers' chances of ending on the one line. I know they only have the one loss, but with the strength of schedule, they're just they're still their best wins being either Tennessee or Alabama, depending how you want to look at it. It's, it's not the greatest schedule. And I think we saw in the early review with LSU being undefeated, but still having UConn and Stanford ahead of them with some of those losses that the committee has clearly set a, a standard there of saying that the, the strength of the schedule and the quality wins matters, as does the record. So 
I think it's hard for LSU to end up on the one line. I wouldn't be shocked totally if they are in that fourth number one spot, considering that since then UConn has lost to St. John's. Iowa has lost to both Indiana and Maryland. Utah has lost to Arizona. So all these teams around LSU has also lost, but the, the nature of that South Carolina loss leads me to believe they won't make it onto the one line. And who does get there, I think it's actually a little bit surprising in that they were on the three line when we were talking about the last reveal. But Maryland, they've they picked up a win right before that reveal over Ohio State. You had that win over Illinois, which is a good win. A win at Michigan State, decent win. And then most importantly, a huge win over Iowa at home today, the blowout win. I think we see that the committee rewards not just quality wins, but also how teams are playing right now. And Maryland is definitely a team that is trending upward. And I don't know that we can say anything that about any of the other kind of teams in the mix for that that overall number or their fourth number one seed right now. So I expect to see Maryland there. Wouldn't be shocked if it's LSU. Also wouldn't be shocked if it's UConn. I think we saw that UConn stayed there after the Marquette loss, largely because of the quality of wins that they have. And I think still some of that uncertainty around the health of AZ FUD. I'm going to say the same thing now. It's a hard, it's not a good loss to St. John's. It's their worst loss, worse than the Marquette loss. But it's also not a horrible loss. It's not as bad as the Stanford loss to Washington. They could be in the mix as well. And I think we're going to see things move as we get into conference tournaments and how the rest of the regular season plays out. So I think three teams that are very much in the mix for that number one overall seed. But right now, I think it's probably Maryland as that number one. And then UConn and LSU as your first two number two seeds. I think even despite the two losses, Iowa stays on the two line. So probably right about where they were before they were seventh in the last reel, probably in that seventh eighth spot. And then Utah also probably staying on that number two line falling a little bit with that loss at Arizona. And more importantly, I think than the loss at Arizona is the, how close the game with Arizona state, a team that still hasn't won a PAC 12 game this season was. And the, the, the injury to Alyssa Peely that I think there's a little bit of uncertainty around her status right now. She could be back this weekend and that won't be relevant anymore, but they really struggled against Arizona state without her. And I think that's something to keep an eye on in terms of how, how the committee is going to handle Utah going forward right now. So lots, lots happening on those first two rounds of lines. I think going into this reveal on Thursday, that for me is probably the most interesting thing. What, what who gets that fourth number one, like I said, I think it should be Maryland, but it, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Maryland, LSU, or UConn there. And then how does the rest of that that two line fall? Maryland, one team that's built a lot of steam since that last reveal and moved up quite a bit. Another team that's moving up a lot in these reveals is Virginia Tech. Um, one of the biggest winners since since the last reveal, they've had wins over Florida State, Duke, NC State, three really, really good wins for Virginia Tech. Kind of seems to be coming into their own at the right time. Second in the ACC standings, or I think, th sorry, third in the ACC standings, but definitely fighting for a place at the top of the ACC, a team that's that's trending upwards as well, which is, again, not something we're saying for, for most of the teams in this last reveal. So 
they they're moving up. I expect to see Virginia Tech on the three line. They were on the four line going into um, or in the last reveal. Expect to see them on the three line along with Duke from the ACC. So a lot of ACC things happening on the three line. Notre Dame too. So lots lots of ACC teams on on the three line, but Virginia Tech in particular, a team that's that's trending in the right direction. And I think a team that has a chance to keep climbing, I think, especially as we get into conference tournaments and we get to the final selection Sunday, we see the committee re- reward teams that finish the season strong, that pick up quality wins in the conference tournament and have really strong finishes to the season for how they're playing right now. And Virginia Tech, a team that's trending in that direction, and I think could get rewarded, could easily end up on the two line come come selection Sunday if they can continue to kind of play this well, pick up big wins to finish out the regular season and make a run in the ACC tournament. Some other things that are interesting in this reveal, I think if you look at some of the teams that have lost, because so many teams have lost, I don't think we're gonna see a lot of big impacts. So a team like Texas, they dropped that game to Iowa State. Think they'd maybe drop to the four line. They were the last three before, so no big changes there. Maybe even stay with Michigan, dropping that game to Ohio State. Kind of could just flip them a little bit. So I think those two teams, despite losses, are staying right where they were. And you've got a Villanova team that lost to UConn this past weekend. It was a close game, lost by I think it was nine points in total. So not a bad loss for Villanova. I think the other thing for key for Villanova is the strength of the Big East. And we're seeing that with, we saw, I think, with the Marquette loss for UConn and how that probably helped boost Nova into a four seed position in the last reveal. And then I think we're going to see even more of a boost there with the St. John's getting that win over UConn. It just proves the strength of the kind of top half of the Big East. That's a big win for St. John's as a bubble team and helps just boost the resume of Villanova that has wins over St. John's, Creighton, Marquette, other biggest teams that you're looking at on the bubble. So I think it's important for for Nova that St. John's got that one in a way today and helps them stay on that four line. I think regardless of how you can play today, they they would have stayed there. But I think they'll stay on the four line despite the loss to UConn. And then two teams that I think will fall out from the last reveal. You had North Carolina. Since the last reveal, they had a loss at Syracuse. That's a bad loss. And a loss to NC State. And then Ohio State, a bad loss to Indiana. They lost to Indiana by 24 points. The win over Michigan helps them a little bit, but I still think they fall out of the top 16. They were the last team in in the last reveal, and I don't know that that win over Michigan is enough to counteract that that loss. So I think we're going to see both of those teams fall out of the top 16 moving into the reveal on Thursday, which obviously makes room for, for two more teams. I think one of them is going to be Oklahoma. I would be pretty shocked to see them not get in at this point. I think they, they have the resume to, to move into that top 16 with those two teams sliding out. And then the other one is a little bit more of a toss-up. I think it'll be a Pac-12 team. I think the race between Colorado Arizona and UCLA for that final spot is very close right now. 
Colorado probably was the favorite going into the weekend. They lost by about 20 points to Arizona, which is a rough loss for them. Still like their resume overall better than Arizona's, but I think that hurts them a little bit. I think had UCLA not kept it as close with Stanford as they did on Monday that you would have seen Colorado there. But I think UCLA, because they were able to keep it close on the road at Stanford, might get a little bit of a bump there. And I think we could see UCLA in that number 16 spot going in to the selection reveal on Thursday. So I think that would be three Pac-12 teams in. Three Pac-12 teams in if assuming one of those three teams gets that final spot and probably UCLA. Going back to the top seeds, though, I think one of the most interesting things looking at as we get into the end of the regular season and conference tournaments coming up, that number, their fourth number one seed being up for grabs begs a lot of questions of, like, what is the path for each of these teams to get that fourth number one to be on the one line? I would say even the third and fourth number one overall seed because I think while South Carolina and Indiana are in really good spots, Stanford doesn't have that much of a margin for error. They still have to play Utah before the Pac-12 tournament, and then they've got a Pac-12 tournament to get through. So I, I do think that there's – Stanford probably ends up on that one line, but it's it's not as clear-cut as it people might think. I don't know that they're a lock at all to stay there. So it's a lot going on there. For Stanford – I do think they have a little bit more of a margin of error. I think they can drop a game depending on what other teams do, maybe two games and stay on that on that number one line. But I think if they were to drop the Utah game before or the Colorado game, they have Utah and Colorado, both tough games on the road before the Pac-12 tournament, how they fare in the Pac-12 tournament will be very important. If they lose, I think it's going to be very important that it's a late, round loss and there's not an early loss in the Pac-12 tournament. So that's just something to keep an eye on for Stanford. But like I said, I think they have a pretty good shot staying on the one line just given all of the results over the last few days and how that kind of shakes things up quite a bit. For that final number one seed, I think there's really five teams that are still I would consider in the mix to end up there depending how the rest of the season goes leading up to Selection Sunday. Maryland, the one I said should be there right now, obviously one of them. They have a game, one more game left in regular season play in the Big Ten. It's a game against Ohio State. I wouldn't say it's a must win, but I think it's close to a must win for Maryland if they want to stay in that number one seed spot. I think they they need to pick win that game. Um, And then when you look to the Big Ten tournament, I think – there's a lot of or two teams that we're talking about in this mix that are in the Big Ten tournament. You also have a really good Indiana team in the Big Ten tournament. So it's it's a tough stretch coming. But I think, you know, a win over Ohio State and maybe a trip to the final in the Big Ten tournament could be enough for Maryland to lock up that, that number one seed. I think we're seeing a lot of respect for the Big Ten from the committee. There was five teams in last time. It might just be four this time around but a very strong conference and i think if you can to continue to be successful in that even if they drop like the final game to indiana let's say in the big 10 tournament that there's this very strong case for them to end up as a number one seed when we get to selection sunday kind of on the same note in the big 10 iowa i think is a harder time than maryland right now in getting that that number one seed 
but they have a big opportunity with India, a game at Indiana, or sorry, at home versus Indiana this week. So that Saturday game against, or sorry, Sunday game against Indiana is, is a big chance for them to boost their resume, get back on the win column, and get themselves back in the conversation for that number one overall seed. I think if Iowa does not win that game against Indiana, I don't know that they can get a number one seed. I think that that might be out for them. I guess there's maybe a chance if they win the Big Ten tournament and everyone else loses, but I, I do think that's they need to win that home game at home against Indiana if they're going to get a number one seed. LSU, certainly in the mix. I think it's hard for them to end up on the one line without a win over South Carolina in the SEC tournament. Even if someone else was to knock off South Carolina and they win the SEC tournament, there's just not a ton of chances for really great wins in the SEC right now. So I think they need to beat South Carolina. I could see the justification for it if they can play South Carolina close. So if they don't beat South Carolina in the SEC tournament, but they keep it within five, six, seven points on a neutral site, I could see that kind of helping to balance out the 24-point loss, and maybe LSU does get the number one overall seed if they've looked good through the end of the, the SEC play, and then they – they this is obviously assuming they go undefeated other than the end of game against South Carolina, and then play South Carolina closely in the SEC tournament. I could see the justification for them to be the number one – or the fourth number one seed, but – I still think it's hard to put them there if their best win is either Alabama or Tennessee. I just think that's that's a hard justification to put a team as a number one seed. For UConn, I think for UConn, the answer is that they need to win out. I think without winning out, it's very hard to make a case for UConn to be net number or the fourth number one seed. They'll have chances to pick up wins over Villanova, maybe Creighton in the the Big East tournament. So chances to pick up some good wins. But I think the bigger thing for UConn is not losing again. I think they need to win out um, particularly. And then also I think the eye test is going to be important for UConn. I think we've seen this team really struggling offensively over the last few games. And I think if that continues, even if they win out in the Big East tournament, it could be hard for them to land as a number one seed if they don't seem to be progressing in the right direction. Another thing that would help UConn, of course, which obviously would help their offense, is getting AZ FUD back. Having a healthy AZ FUD, I think, probably gives UConn a little bit of a boost in in the seeding because of where this team would be might be with her versus without her. So if UConn could get healthy, that will also help them out. But there's still no timetable for FUD's return, so it's not really clear if that's something we'll see before Selection Sunday or in something the committee will be able to factor in really um, going into the, the Selection Sunday. And then the last team, Utah. I think for Utah, you, you need a win over Stanford in the rest that regular season game, I think that's important to getting on the one line. I think without that win, it's going to be hard. I think if you don't get that win in the regular season, but get it in the Pac-12 tournament they and win the Pac-12 tournament, they have a shot at the number one overall seed. But I think there has to be a win over Stanford, either 
in the Pac-12 to finish out the regular season at home in the Pac-12 or in the Pac-12 tournament in order for Utah to end up in that number one, a number one seed position. So I think for them, that's the biggest thing. And also, obviously, Elisa Pelly getting healthy. I think that's going to be the the biggest thing for for them. So like I said, we will see exactly where the committee thinks things are on Thursday. We've got our second seed reveal. So that will be interesting, especially on these, these top two lines to figure out how how they're viewing things going into the last week of the regular season for a lot of conferences. And then we've got four power conference or sorry, five of the six major conferences with conference tournaments coming up in the next weekend. And then the big 12, the weekend after that. So lots of things coming up quickly as we get to March. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. As always, make sure you rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to or watching us. Also, be sure to subscribe to the stats site, herhoopstats.com, for all your NCAA women's basketball stats needs as well as WNBA. You can subscribe to our newsletter on Substack for free for all of Her Hoop Stats best content in your inbox. And be sure to be following us on social media at Her Hoop Stats on all platforms. Thanks again for listening. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.